0: welcome to health system cio's partner perspective interview series i'm anthony guerra founder and editor-in-chief today we're talking with george t buddy hickman chief strategy officer with first health advisory buddy thanks for joining me
1: anthony it's always a pleasure good to see you
0: you too all right, let's start off. Uh, tell me a little bit about your role and your uh, organization, which you are very new to.
1: Well, first, uh, let's talk about First Health Advisory. Uh, first Health is a digital transformation advisory and managed services firm that addresses security and privacy, technology, and really the needs on the whole digitally across the health industry. First Health does that through offering managed solutions, Uh, methods-based approaches, infrastructure modernization, all for the sake of assuring its clients can securely and digitally transform. Uh, My role as Chief Strategy Officer of First Health is to support our customers and our team in development of digital health strategies, assuring better tech governance leadership, and navigating through paths of an optimized portfolio to realization.
0: And it just about everybody knows you, buddy. <laughs> a lot of people know uh, Carter. Uh, so, you know, well-known folks, you, you've walked the walk, so to speak. You want to give us just a very brief review of, uh, of your work in you know, just, just some of your positions that you've held? Sure. Uh, well, I'm
1: at this point, uh, including a couple of uh, uh, interim CIO roles that I've held over the last year, most recently, I'm still at Harris Health System in Houston, Texas. Uh, I'm now at about 24 years sitting as a CIO in, uh, in in the health industry, most of those years in academic health science settings. Uh, I've also served duly as a chief analytics officer. I spent 12 years of my work life uh, between Coopers and Ernst & Young, eventually becoming a partner with EMY. Uh, initially working in Pittsburgh and eventually in Philadelphia in those markets. And uh, my origins began as a, a young engineer working at a Catholic health system in Tennessee, uh, where it was, that was a place I decided I wanted to work in healthcare, specifically in the healthcare provider sector uh, as things evolved there. And I got uh, very, very involved in IT.
0: Excellent. So you you uh, walked the walk as I said um and now you're looking to help advise and and help other organizations other health systems uh 24 years uh, but the the chief data the chief digital officer has not been around for 24 years, right? That's a no, new man. one. Um That's true. digital Digital projects uh, are, I don't know, three, four, five years, right? We're Trying to compete, be more consumer friendly. Amazon, Facebook, everyone uses those comparisons. So we have a lot of, uh, we have now chief digital officers. We have projects out there trying to make it easier to interact with health systems from a digital point of view. What are you seeing um, at a big picture level in terms of digital transformation going on out there? If you want to address that chief digital officer role, and um, What are you seeing that's working and what are you seeing that maybe isn't working so well? Well,
1: uh, certainly the chief digital officer name brand has been around only in recent years, especially in healthcare. Uh, we wonder how it came to be in healthcare. I can tell you one story uh, from maybe five, six years ago. I got invited to a Chime uh, board strategy meeting during the summer. I think uh, Mark Probst was maybe the chair at the time. And one of the discussions was that of our feelings with the fact that we were talking Chime CIO 3.0, should we also be playing a role in uh, promulgating that chief digital officer title in healthcare? Uh, I don't know if we helped to do it, or we went along with the fact that it's happening, but certainly we are seeing the chief digital officer role uh, as a role that's actively being named across organizations, uh, as you know. Uh, as to what's going well with it, well, you know, well is a relative term. Uh, I'd say it plays out as many ways as there are leaders, personalities, and organizational cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could give you a few examples of how I see the chief digital officer uh, evolving, if you'd like me to do that, and uh, maybe maybe from that can stimulate the conversation. You know, one situation maybe where I've seen the CDO, Become the title, probably the least disruptive. Uh, Maybe also perhaps the least often in happening is that the CIO asks or is given the chief digital officer title. In those cases, the inclination may be that the chief digital officer title is what's in, uh, and there's not an expectation that there's a notably different role change, uh, but there's a respect for the chief tech person. And that organization and the boss maybe sees it as a reasonable way of giving the CEO, CIO, what uh, some of us call psyche income. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, a second way it might take shape uh, would be that the leadership of the organization wants or needs something different than what the CIO is bringing. Thus a part of the rearticulation for the role of the CIO is to rebrand and rename the role to make that expectation palpable. The CIO might remain in a more traditional role in that organization while a CDO is brought in to give, uh, say, a more transformative agenda. Oddly, though, I, I sit back and look at that after the many years I've been doing this and And I I always think about the fact that the CIO has always been doing transformative Mm -hmm, things. mm -hmm. It's just the transformative things are are branded differently these days. Now, a third situation is perhaps the organization is truly on a path of digital transformation, wants that to be a directional thing, uh, needs an individual with that named role to specifically work at creating a shared organizational vision and direction by and with her, his, or or their colleagues. Uh, In that case, the role might be assumed by the CIO, if the CIO is gifted to step up and do that. Maybe a newly hired individual, it could be the CIO is rebranded as both a chief digital and information officer. I've got several friends out there uh, who are holding both those t- titles. But I think the idea there is to clearly recognize an expectation of something different again. Uh, and I believe in the best organizations. You know, We're seeing an onset of all kinds of titles. Uh, Anthony, chief digital officer, chief data officer. Uh, Chief Technology Officer, Chief Applications Officer, the CMIO, the CNIO, and so on. Um, I think it's happening really in the best places because there is increased scale. There's increased sophistication. And uh, I said the best organizations mean the health organizations. They also have the ability to grow and invest in technology and digital. And they're putting more investment into people with roles that can make those things real. I'd also say further, in the best case, the placement on the org chart usually understands that there should at least be a proximity uh, in those roles. Uh, by that, I mean you've got people who are managing like competencies, and they understand each other, and they understand those competencies. So usually, when it works best, uh, if they're not reporting directly together, there may be some matrix or circumstances or otherwise that hold them together.
0: Let's. Uh, I've just been thinking as as you've been talking that um, you know we try and give some advice for for our readers and listeners. So you could take a few different scenarios. If you're a CIO at a health system, you don't ideally it you don't want them to create a chief digital officer title and give it to someone else, do you?
1: Probably not. Well, probably not. Probably probably not. For most people I know, they would say no. They would.
0: So if that's not what you want to happen, let's say you're a CIO and there is no CDO role at your organization, would you want to proactively sort of make sure you're doing things in that area, demonstrate you're doing things, kind of try and head it off at the pass? And you're fine. Listen, if they want to give me the title as well, that's great. But I don't want that that position being created and going to someone else. Ideally, I think that's not what I want if I'm a CIO. Right. So what would so, your advice be to that CIO who doesn't want that to happen? What would they do? Well,
1: well my advice comes with the standing of the CIO and the C-suite already, right? Uh, because that's where that sort of decision is going to be made. You know, I can name colleague chief digital officers around the country who are already, as CIOs, creating shared vision continuously as, as part of what they do. Uh, so it's a natural option for them to continue the dialogue to say, is it possible to, to have that additional brand associated with what I'm doing? Uh, and if if indeed the C-suite has that trust, and especially the boss has that trust, uh, that can happen. I had the circumstance happen with me uh, from a chief analytics officer perspective, because I was working as a CIO. Um, it didn't happen because I asked for the title to be given to me initially. It happened because in working closely with chief operating officer first and then with other colleagues, we built out a significant data analytics capability that became very highly regarded, even to the point that it would be very unusual to sit through any significant leadership meeting or even a board meeting and not have someone go up to the podium, open up a visualization for some other application and use it to guide the discussion. On a data-based uh, basis, so um, the way it happened with me is the CEO came into my office one day and was applauding uh, the work that I had done to that regard, making the same observation, and that led into a conversation around would this additional title make sense in addition to my informatics, uh, and my information officer title, uh, and the answer was yes. And, you know the rest that comes with as you look and say, "Do I get a pay increase?" Too? The answer is right. no, right? right? It's all psyche income. Right. Uh, but it, but it, you know, it, it increased, uh, it increased my circle of influence in the sense of the things that I was doing both there and also uh, out in the industry, um, and did it in a way that did it as part of my portfolio, right? So I think that's where your question is going. It is a matter of portfolio how much that CIO can really do with portfolio, how much the work that has been done then pre-tells the fact that there's a title that should follow, not necessarily a title that comes first. But if, if I were a chief information officer who wanted that chief digital officer title, there's no reason not to have that proactive conversation. The proactive conversation can only help. And if the answer is not yet, And the question would be, well, then can we come up with some ways to agree as to what I need to do with expectations and delivery whereby you would consider giving me that title?
0: And and I've talked to some CIOs who are doing the work and are indifferent about the title. They don't seem to care. I'm doing the work. uh, But again, I don't think they want that position popping up and going to someone else. So, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, you know, I would say, uh, even echoing back to the same conversation I mentioned uh, with regards to Mark and Chine, I I remember sharing a comment that CFOs, COOs, CEOs, they're they're not having a title crisis. Right. And their jobs have changed continuously over the years. Why is it that we're rebranding? Okay, And and to me, I really believe that the rebranding came with outside influence. Uh, there was that expectation of uh, newer tech digital expect- expectation expansion. Uh, but I think talent acquisition firms, uh, new tech companies, and, and probably global markets where titles can be greatly different had influence on how we saw the change come about uh, here in the U.S.,
0: so for the CIOs who have taken on the CDO title, they're doing the work and now they've got the title. Um, do you see any concerns there if they've been given the title and and no other changes have come along with it?
1: Well, so if we give the individual the chief digital officer title, there is some expectation that we create real clarity about what that means, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. It's not right. just the you, title. Right.
1: Some might say, well, now you're expected to be the lightning rod for all things digital health. Okay, yeah, but what does that mean Right. if we really own the business inside the business units, whether clinical or business-based? Uh, so clarity of expectation is important. Um, I would say role clarity on the whole across the C-suite is key to defining what the chief digital officer's role is beyond what you have the CIO doing.
0: And, role uh, clarity. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, that, that can create serious problems and dysfunction. I would imagine, have you, and I would imagine you've probably seen that uh, over the years. Maybe you seen that, you know, you have a lot of friends in the business. I'm sure you talk to them and I can imagine, and, and I've here, you know, incidentally that, that could be a huge problem, but that's got that's got to be fixed at the top because you can't fix it if you're in it, if you're mired in it. You, it's got to be fixed from someone above looking down on it, right?
1: It it, it certainly needs an understanding at the top in terms of above and looking down on it. It requires clarity with everyone sitting as colleague in the C suite as well, uh, not just uh, a top down. So I could take it down the path of governance. Let's talk about that in a second. But as to the role stuff, um, you know, if if you believe that the chief digital officer has a role that's all about creating clarity around the digital portfolio, that does need to be cooperated with the rest of the tech portfolio. Right. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a stake in that portfolio, whether it's existing or future regardless of the C-suite title. So when you say you want to do digital health differently and, and have it be a strategy, my view is governance and role clarity are the two things probably the most apparent. Role clarity, because we need the assurance of how we're going to play together, where our boundaries are, who have the authorities to pull the trigger on whatever the matters are, and have those triggers being pulled on an informed basis, think about it. Digital health portfolio has to cooperate with 85 to 90% or more than your existing portfolio that you've already invested in, right? So you can't just run off and not look at what you're sitting on and assure that you've got all of the elements of integrations like architectural circumstances, cybersecurity, and, and the other boxes checked. So having that cooperation is key. Everyone in the C-suite may not have that understanding. And so yielding some of that authority to guide that discussion to a chief digital officer and chief information officer, one of the other is gonna be key. Um, I mentioned governance because I'm, I'm seeing through several of my colleagues that because whether you call it digital front door, digital health, virtual health, many elements of portfolio are popping up and they're popping up in a distributed way across the org structure. If you don't have a chief digital officer, chief digital health officer, that's been commissioned to pull those elements together, they sort of run with their own energy, rely upon the same common IT infrastructures, many times the same common IT resourcing, but there's nothing keeping in balance where the priority is, and in fact, I had one colleague tell me we got three different units working on the same thing, and they don't—they don't even know they're doing that, given the number of overlaps, because it was an organization of scale. I think that also comes from people with ambition, you know, and, and many of us have ambition, so we want to have our our uh, our thing that thing we're working on uh, be the one that's looked to uh, as a symbol. Um, yet at the same time, if you're in a provider organization, typically you don't have diminished resources or managed resources in terms of how you're able to fund. So it is absolutely necessary that you have some ways of assuring that the investment's balanced to all those appetites while you're picking your spots.
0: So uh, maybe going at it another way, if um, what would your advice be to uh, someone, a CIO or otherwise, someone being offered the chief digital officer role um what would they need to request or what what structure what would they say listen if i'm going to take this job these are the things that i need to have this is the way it's got to go i can't have it this way or i won't be successful
1: all right so some of that is circumstantial to the internal organization culture and the personalities within the various c titles no doubt so any advice first of all, has to, has to be thought through that filter. Right. And my first piece of advice would be to that CIO, think about that first. Think about those people who do come along with you that you have the best in cooperative relationships with and those that maybe you don't. And let that also then inform you as to how it is you begin to lay out expectations for a dialogue with the boss about what that looks like. It could be that you ask the boss, first off, when we look at an EPMO as part of the governance structure, the qualification process of how we say yes, which has a lot of elements to it. that those be items that the CDO, the chief digital officer, have a strong say in sit in oversight with, if not also sometimes manage. I know some chief digital officers who have the EPMO responsibility, some who don't. As long as the cooperation's there and there's a strong voice, uh, that can work. But without that voice, it's difficult. There would need to be the ask that if the organization does have digital health spawned in all manner of speaking mm-hmm. across the org structure, that there be some amount of order brought to that chaos, not in a way that causes you to lose your ability to be facile mm-hmm. agile, but enough so that you know with clarity that you are making the right decisions. You're taking it through the right paces to assure those decisions and do it well. So you would want to, to definitely have a, a large voice in how that governance process and the yes occurs I would want to understand also, is there a different intention with investment? You know, I recall a conversation with a CEO last year whereby there was big energy level for investment in a number of digital health uh, tech items to compete in what I would call ferociously um, uh, competitive market. Uh, and while that appetite was there in that dialogue, you know, where I was trying to help, uh, I kept asking the question, okay, I understand what you're saying. I can see how that could work. And yeah, there's a lot of beauty in that. And have to consider this or that. Can we afford it? You know, are you going to be able to spend the money
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: to make that happen? And I do think that's a big problem with a lot of organizations right now with the with the margins the problem we're seeing, we're trying to distinguish ourselves, but we're not thinking about both current and down the road, how much that's going to cost us. Those are probably the big ones for me.
0: So we talked about the chief digital officer and, you know, there's governance comes into play there and things like that. Um, That makes me think of biomed uh, and that's been talked about a lot where that belongs in terms of, uh there's lots of security issues there, obviously the CIO issues there, there's clinical issues there. So talk to me about where it was, where some people have it now, how it's evolved, and then your your feeling about where it belongs, where it works. Sure.
1: Sure. Well, I'm I'm fortunate to have had biomedical engineering as a part of portfolio for a lot of years. and. I guess I'm somewhat fortunate to be an engineer to that regard, because I have some general understandings of it. Because I've worked in healthcare, I truly get how it is so integral to the clinical organization, um, and integral in ways that moments of failure are not tolerable. I mean, you really have to be able to deliver. Um, my bias is is likely that. I'd want to see biomedical engineering be a part of a CIO or digital officers portfolio. And I, I further that bias by saying it's because so much of digital health has to do with connecting more and more devices to an infrastructure. And now that they're all interconnected, right? So it's the uh, IOMT of things uh, that, that causes me to recognize that, because without the, the, the energy level by both uh, the ones that understand the tech aspects of, of management of Biomed and the CISO and all of the InfoSec around cybersecurity, uh, certainly we can have a problem waiting to happen. The problem could come in the form of cybersecurity uh, breach and or in the form of, of performance and, and unavailability both of which bring significant concern to the organization. So I would have a bias there, but honestly, I've also seen it report well sitting inside of the clinical organization, oftentimes still inside the facilities organization, where the, mm. by tradition, uh, the fact that you had hard assets being managed uh, by the facilities leader, uh, they've left biomed out there as well. The, the best facilities leaders that do this they really do understand it and get it. I'm in a sense right now where I'm working with someone like that. And there's a true cooperation in the dialogue between the CIO, the, uh, the CISO, and the VP and the that has the, the biomed areas. And so, again, it, it does come down to personalities and cultures in the end um, as much as it does just the reporting relationship.
0: Well, let's I want to talk a little bit more about security and I think it makes sense uh, based on our discussion to do it in the context of governance and things like that. Let's talk a little bit about the CISO role. That also is a role that um has moved around a little bit, I'm sometimes reporting to the CIO. There's been some talk that maybe uh a best practice is not to have it to report up to the CIO because perhaps you have a conflict between the CIO perhaps, or the chief digital officer, hard charging forward to roll things out. Um, and then the CISO ha- is supposed to manage the risk, or at least inform individuals who are going to make risk-based decisions, and those may be in conflict on occasion. Um, but your thoughts about the CISO role, uh, where you see that, and, and where you think that works best? All right.
1: So, first of all, I just want to affirm what you said. If 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 cybersecurity is not being strongly considered in a push toward digital health, the organization is at risk.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, we understand how big the problem of cybersecurity is. High performing health organizations understand that cybersecurity requires attention from workforce member to board member. Right. And the best digital health portfolios assure InfoSec by risk storing every digital initiative before it can get in the door, before it can be contracted for.
0: It, okay? mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, that gate, I believe, is a very solid and important gate. Um, again, Anthony, I've seen reporting structures that vary greatly. Um, I know CISOs who would like to report to the CEO. I smile about that personally and professionally because if I were oh. a CEO... That is not something I would want to get myself (laughs) deeply involved in managing uh, for a lot of reasons, okay? Um, There there are some CISOs that report uh, through, say, the Chief Compliance Officer. And uh, and again, I'm working with one who does that very closely right now. Uh, In those cases, it does create a separation for the CISO to have a different voice, you know, a, a voice that's uh, a Switzerland in terms of being able to offer a position and offer it without bias for the assurance of the organization. That also can be done practically speaking by having that individual reporting good, a, a solid chief digital officer, chief information officer. Uh, in fact, uh, for the last several years, uh, in my last academic post, um, I had a collaboration with the chief compliance officer, whereby the CISO, the chief compliance officer, and I met on routine to a prescribed agenda to assure the balance of what was occurring. And, and as the CCO said to me, I'll paraphrase it, he said, you know, there's just certain compliance things I need to make sure that we're doing. So I need the ability to understand that, see that transparently, and so on. He said, but honestly, I don't have the skill set to manage the tech side of that. I don't understand Mm -hmm. the tech side of that. That's where you come in. I think you can more strongly manage the delivery. And as long as we have that kind of transparency with each other in terms of how we sit with the CISO, I'd rather see the CISO reside with the CIO.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. You you know you mentioned the word personalities a couple of times as we're talking about reporting structures and things like that. So it, it makes me think that that many structures can work, right? It doesn't have to be one way. Many things can work, structures in different ways depending on the personalities. A troubled, uh, a, a difficult personality means something that should work won't work. So you can't just look at it on paper. But I suppose there are also just structures that don't make sense on paper. That you just say that just doesn't make sense. But it's just interesting the talk of personalities and 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 soft skills. And up in the C-suite, um, everyone's got to try and get along. But but your thoughts there, I guess your advice to to you know CIOs, C- Chief Digital Officers, CISOs, on you know those soft skills and and the the political aspects of being successful at that level.
1: Well, you say that in the C-suite, everyone needs to get along. Uh, In healthy organizations, I believe there is the idea that you coexist and you get along, yet you're also able to have conflict. Right. You understand that conflict comes natural uh, as to the human element, and, and we're going to experience and we have to know what to do with it. Uh, there's a particular conflict assessment tool that for now a couple of decades, I've shared it with my direct reports, that uh, that tool uh, allows the individual to look at their own conflict styles mm-hmm. on a circumplex of 12 dimensions, 12 different conflict styles, If you think about 12 different conflict styles being tasked or people-based, only four of the 12 are healthy. Okay. So by the human element, we're likely to possess or encounter unhealthy conflict style. And and the reason I teach that, I do the same thing in boot camp, uh, is because we have to be able to see ourselves and then see... The dynamic, you know, that's sort of the uh, the whole emotional cue thing that's going on with the other party, and think about truly think about what we want to do with it, feel what we want to do with it, and and hopefully try to create something healthy with it, right? So that's one way to think about the soft skills. Um, I I once worked in an organization early in my career, brand new CIO. Very green. <laughs> and I remember sitting with the CEO of the organization, probably my yeah, first weekend. I had a 10 minute audience uh, for this health system CEO. He had two things he wanted to say to me about my role and what he wanted to see done. And the third thing was this. I hired the brightest and best and I do not believe in team. I believe in the law of survival
0: oh boy
1: <laughs> i hire the best i can i put them on the chessboard i expect you to compete the best thing will emerge for the organization
0: that's an interesting we're, approach
1: we're done now <laughs> wow have a nice day <laughs> and that was the that was the leadership principle at ceo i stayed there four years i did what i went to went to do but i looked around every day and thought about is this really the, the milieu that I want to be doing work And I don't,
0: I don't think so. Right? That doesn't yeah, sound right. like a positive. Over time, you
1: make up your mind. But yeah. you know, there there are a lot of soft skills that you got you got to have, and you know, reminding yourself of them, especially in light of observing whether or not your colleagues exhibit them, right? And exhibit them in healthy ways. I mean, that's really about yourself and making a conscious decision to do that. I mean, empathy is a big thing, for example, you know, always right. seeking first to understand, then be understood and then tying that with communication. I tend to be a big storyteller. At this point, <laughs> I got a lot of stories and that's a way to communicate the message as much as it is to be didactic and instructive and being flexible. I mentioned agility already. Um, When you think about governance, you think about how we manage IT delivery, we do all this stuff using methodologies and so on. Mm -hmm. And and I remember back in the days when I was teaching some of the IT methodologies at EMY, one of my favorite uh, uh, jokes was, you know, know, what's the difference in a methodologist and a terrorist?
0: You can negotiate with the terrorist. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Very good, very good. Well, um uh, first off, I think I need to borrow that conflict resolution tool it might help at home <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I, but, get you. uh <laughs> I I advise
1: you don't use it at home.
0: <laughs> don't use it at home. Okay.
1: Don't use it um, at
0: home. <laughs> that's about all we had time for today, buddy. I'm going to frame up a last question for you. Um final piece of advice for and and we've got sort of a lot of people we're talking to here. We're talking to the CIOs, the chief digital officers the Chief Information Security Officers. If you have any sort of uniform uh, or you pick one, it's up to you, just a final piece of advice.
1: Well, you know, uh, if I give advice uh, to to CIOs, CISOs, CDOs, any of us that sit in the senior IT uh, leader roles, uh, my advice goes something like this. Continuously evaluate yourself and your work-life circumstances. Remember that you and your work-life experience are like the seasons. They're constantly changing, and whatever they are, good or bad, they're going to change again. You have to change with it. That means you have to be in touch with yourself to do that. It also means you really have to be connected and in touch with everyone else around you. That means to me, and maybe to you, that you need to always work on maintaining a circle of influence that gives you permission to use your voice and leadership. I'd also say, assure you're doing everything you can to do to value yourself to people and tools that make you a better leader, a better leader in your C-suite. hmm and a better person for all those that rely on you. And maybe, Anthony, all that sounds a little bit philosophical, yet in practical terms. I think it's very relevant to digital health governance Mm. and portfolio management and all those places and things on which we spend our lives every day.
0: Listen, the work-life balance is no joke. These jobs will eat you alive. Am I wrong? If you let them.
1: They They can be challenging. Uh, I was texting with the CIO this morning and uh, congratulating him on his one year anniversary at a big place. I said, I can't believe it's been that long. And he said, it has, I can't either. And boy, this job's hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the best executives have an ability to um, sort of put in a good day's work and then leave it and live a little bit outside of that because it can be 24 hours, especially a CISO role. I mean, you could, right? I mean, the stress can be rough. (laughs) Buddy, thank you so much. That was an incredible interview, incredible talk. I think it's going to be very valuable to our readers and listeners. Thank you. Anthony,
1: thank you. It's always a pleasure seeing you. Look forward to seeing you in San Antonio.
0: You got it. All right. Be well.